This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans Studios in New York. Rocket Mortgage found a better way to mortgage so you can focus on making your new house home. Rocket Mortgage. Push button. Get mortgage. Sunday, it's an NFL on CBS doubleheader with a full day of games, including the Bills defending their home turf against the Patriots. Followed by the Vikings and Bears at Soldier Field in a key NFC North battle. It all begins with our team previewing the day's games on the NFL today at noon Eastern on CBS. We'll be in Los Angeles Thursday and Friday for a special edition of Pharrell on a Bench, gearing up for Spence Porter, the welterweight championship of the world. Tune in and catch the big showdown Saturday live on pay-per-view, also available on the Fox Sports app. Our toll-free line, 855-212-4CBS-4227, is brought to you by GEICO. Great news, you can save a bunch of money. Switch to GEICO. Go to GEICO.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. Gilbert Manzano's our buddy, covers the... Chargers out in SoCali, Cal, for the great OC Register, the Orange County Register, one of my favorite papers, living in Huntington Beach for all the years I lived out there. Gilbert, my man, how you doing, brother? I'm doing well. Thank you for the nice uh, introduction. And I'm uh, just here in the usual traffic in Orange County, as you know pretty well. Yep, that's no joke. Uh, so tell me about the Gordon situation. I've heard uh, so many different things. He missed his teammates and, and getting paid. I think that's what he missed, getting paid. Yeah, I'm sure that's uh, a big part of that because uh, the, the longer he's out, the more he's going to get hit with fines. He's going to hurt him in the wallet. Uh, that's one thing we don't know yet is the I think he racked up, you know, so times in the last two months. We don't know if the charges are going to waive that or maybe that's why he came back. Maybe they said, hey, we're going to waive the fines. Just come in now because we need you. We're one and two. We have a bunch of injuries. Let's get this over with. That's, we don't know yet. We'll find out more tomorrow. But, yeah, money. And a little bit of team. I think teammates, I'm sure, is a big part. I don't know how much, but that is, that'll do a lot to do with it, too. So what did it accomplish besides nothing? And what do you think he's worth? You know, to me, I, I think he's a, a top five running back. I, I, you know, you, if you're going to go off the market, the market is still increasing with uh, what, uh, with Zeke Elliott and maybe Alvin Kamara in a year or two. I think for him, you know, to get that $13 million, it's a bold move. It's one that I thought he, you know, he deserves. But to miss out games, it costs himself a lot of money. I don't know about that part. But, you know, the Chargers, especially being so injury depleted, I know running back is not an issue. We got Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson. But when he got a, a banged up offensive line with no Russell Kung and a, and a line that struggled to protect Philip Rivers, the weekend with J.J. Watt and Whitney Merciless, uh, they really struggled with the offensive line. You bring in Melvin Gordon, who's a good blocker, a guy who's a career on his own, holes to run through uh, in that area. So what do you think, uh, Gilbert, of uh, the back-to-back losses? And obviously they're going to 
you know, feel like they're going to get back on track this week at Hard Rock against that crappy Dolphin team, and that's just all there is to it. But what did you think of those two drop games in Detroit and then at home against the Texans after blowing a big lead? Yeah, that, you know, very sloppy games. Uh, those type of games, the Chargers, only a couple of years ago, but not last year. Games that come down the wire, but some reason this year they can't do it. I think because it's all all the injuries maybe start catching up to you. Like I mentioned, the offensive line they, they had a crucial holding penalty. Uh, three of these games have come down to the to the last possession. They pulled it out in overtime against the Colts, but then they had uh, Philip Rivers had an interception in week two. They have part of the the, uh, the field goals they missed because they don't have their kicker Michael Basley. Uh, and then last week maybe it's just you know, he has no time with no protection there. He, he can't get, get the ball off real quick. The defense is struggling. They're, 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 they're very hampered on the secondary. Quinn James, uh, one of their cornerbacks, Michael Davis, is not there. They lost Adrian Phillips, the replacement for Derwin James. So Deshaun Watson could do whatever he wanted a week ago. So I think it's just a bunch of injuries. And you have guys, or, or they, they even have an undrafted rookie making the debut at strong safety. So. That doesn't look too well. So I think all these things are catching up. That's why I think having Melvin Gordon, one of your star players back, is going to help him out. I still think, uh, you know, I love the connection with Allen and Williams with Rivers. I, I still think they have two of the most dangerous uh, receivers in the in the game. I mean, that's all there is to it. At some point or another, I feel like Rivers is going to start lighting it up with them like he always does. Yeah, the thing about that, I think they have – so many other weapons that maybe going to Keenan Allen maybe kind of hurt them a lot because it's kind of a, I know he's a great receiver, but, and, you know, it could be a little predictable saying, you know, just keep going to Keenan Allen and we'll shut down the other guys. They had Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson run the ball so well in the first half and it was working and they got away from it. Maybe it's just, again, it's more Philip Rivers having no time and he's going to just throw it to the guy he depends on or counts on the most, Keenan Allen, the guy's going to get it done. And also, too, Mike Williams, he's banged up with a knee injury, and he has a back issue today. So, again, more injuries. And for a Philip Rivers, when, when everything is kind of falling apart around you, you go to your, your number one guy, Keenan Allen. So, yeah, it's going to keep him in ball games, But to win it out, I think you need a, the full unit there. You, uh, you had Travis Benjamin a week ago drop a, a, a touchdown in the end zone. That's not going to help for confidence for him and Philip Rivers. Uh, but I think maybe a little too much Keenan Allen, you know, might not do so well for the for a full year. So they were so good last year and and just so incredible. Is uh, is this version that's struggling early? Is it uh, is it setting Rivers off? Because he you know if that guy gets mad you know because he, he can lose his temper in a hurry. He get, he's so intense and so incredible and I think so fun to watch play. But when he's mad, I I just you know I don't know. He's not like John McEnroe. I don't think he's better when he's mad. I just think he. He's always great, but he seems upset right now. Yeah, you know, he's a guy who, who's at his best when he's playing backyard football with the buddy and talking trash. But when he's upset, he's kind of known for throwing some uh, costly interceptions. So, you know, to be honest, I think we'll, we'll know more after tomorrow with the Melvin Gordon stuff. It could be something where Philip Rivers has kind of got tired of having a bunch of guys who have no experience or guys who are a year a year of college or – you know, undrafted, he probably said, hey, go get me my, one of my playmakers at Melvin Gordon and let's get this done because I'm 37 years old and I can't keep waiting. So 
surprised me. That was part of the reason why Melvin Gordon is has reported today instead of October or Week Ten. Uh, but yeah, you can you can tell that Phil Rivers is kind of frustrated. Uh, a year ago, he got by with a, a struggling offensive line that already had a Russell Coop. They weren't that great a year ago, but he was so good at releasing the ball pretty quick and also having Melvin Gordon back there help them out. So I think. He's probably had enough. A, a guy that's not helping him out, and he, he's such a, a, a team guy, a nice guy. He won't call out players like that, but you can tell he's out there. He's taking a lot of pain, and, and he took some big shots from JJ Watt a week ago. So you know, being 37, I'm sure that's not too fun. Do you think uh, Gilbert Manzano, what is from the Orange County Register, do you think that Joey Bosa's playing well? He's had a, a sack and a half. He's had several tackles for loss. He's done this or that, but he's not racking up a bunch of, of tackles, but I mean, he leads the team in sacks, but I think Thomas Davis has been way better than him. Yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of tough to tell because for a pass rusher, it's all about creating havoc and, and the core. It goes back to the secondary where you can't afford to blitz as much anymore or rush a quarterback because you're taking that back there and can't hang, can't hang with wide receivers because a bunch of uh, guys who are, who are just, you know, they're, 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 like I mentioned, it was an undrafted rookie at strong safety. Those guys you know, are struggling the cover right now. So you keep sending in the house and those guys can't protect. You know, it's not doing so well. Uh, so I think what they're trying to do is kind of make you focus more on on uh, on the on stopping the run. If you stop the run, you take away at least one dimension out, out of the – the quarterback's hand, and I think Bradley Lynn, he's really pleased with Joey Bosa focusing on stopping the run. Uh, I asked him today, do you wish he had a more sack? He said no, because he's doing so well to stopping the run. But I, I think once you start getting some healthier guys, say like a Derwin James, who's such, such a guy that really helped you out in the line of scrimmage and maybe kind of freed up Joey Bosa a little bit, because he's always facing double teams. That's part of it, too. But I think for, the, for right now, uh, you know, he's doing okay, but you, you would like to see more sacks from a guy who's considered maybe a top five defensive event in the league. So we'll have Eckler this week, and then they'll go back to Gordon, I'm sure, next week. What happens to Eckler then? I, I think it becomes a valuable weapon on the outside as a wide receiver. Uh, I think that's where he's at his best also. One thing that was kind of surprising for me is they, they didn't use Justin Jackson enough for in the running game with the carries. He, Leading the league in uh, yards per carry, I think around eight yards per carry, and he only had like 13 carries in the first two weeks. So I think once when you have Melvin Gordon as your your three down back, and you can move around a shifty guy like Austin Eckler to the outside to give another weapon for Philip Rivers, Wayne Keenan Allen, and Mike Williams, you become more dangerous now because you have two tight ends there. I mean, sorry, two run, two running backs there, and one could be a receiver, one could be a running back, and you don't know where you're going to go. So I think that really. I know for fans and football people, they kind of wonder what's going to happen to Austin Eckler, but I think you should hold on to him. He'll still be a valuable piece for Philip Rivers. Do you think, uh, Gilbert, that um, that these games, uh, the Dolphins, Broncos, and Steelers are a good little mini stretch to get their act back together? Because, you know, two of those games are in, in Lipstick City uh, at StubHub. Do you think that that's a nice little, uh, you know, three-pack to get their act together? Oh, yeah, it came at the right time. Those three teams are combined uh, 0 and 9, so that should really help them out. But if you're the Chargers, you got to be kicking yourself because that, that game in Detroit, if you if you at least pull that one out, I know the game against Houston, maybe it's a tough one because that's a playoff team right there. You could easily be looking at a 5-1 and one start right now if you win the next three and you won the first two. So they should be kicking themselves right now. But 
if you clean house the next three games, if you're still 4-2, and two, you're back in the playoff race, you're looking okay, some guys are coming back, maybe you get Russell Coon back after his uh, PUP, uh, I mean, non-football list, and after six weeks, you can come back, and then a couple weeks later, you get Derwin James back, you get some other guys back, so that's going to really help him out in the long run. All right, brother. Sounds like a uh, big game in Miami at Hard Rock where the Super Bowl will be this uh, year, obviously this weekend. Sunday at Miami against the lowly Dolphins. They haven't been doing anything. I think the Chargers are favored by like 16 and a half. Gilbert, always great having you on the bench, brother. Thanks for coming on CBS Sports Radio. Enjoy the game. We'll catch up soon. Thank you. Appreciate it. Anytime. Always a pleasure. My man, Gilbert Manzano with the Orange County Register. 855-212-4227 is the number to get on the bench. You're listening to Pharrell on the Bench. Not a day goes by that we don't talk about Tom Brady on this show. It's very important. It's like taking your vitamins. Carver High's uh, Bills are playing the Patriots in Orchard Park at New Era on Sunday. Big game. Carver High taking the Red Eye Love back from Lipstick City on Saturday night, late night, overnight flight. He'll be home early so he can get his beer and ice ready for the big game. Uh, Tom Brady was limited. He did, he, you know, doing like nothing at practice. I wouldn't even practice if I were him. There's he no never reason. Practices. There's no What's reason. The difference. He never practices. But you know he's going to go. The main thing was today is that Edelman practiced. So right. we know that he's going to be all right now. So. There were 10 players limited. He was one of them. Uh, injured ribs. They were negative, the x-rays. Uh, he's uh, managing the pain, blah, blah, blah. He was landed on by a 300-pounder, Henry Anderson. And uh, he's just so important to their offense. If that guy's not playing, you actually you know, have a really good shot to beat him, if you ask me. And they've gotten rid of Brown. So they're different now. It's basically Edelman and Gordon. Well, look, and they're missing some things now. Uh, they've got a couple guys missing on the offensive line. Right. Devlin, their fullback, and you think, eh, nobody uses the fullback. They, they do. do. They do a lot of power running. They do a lot of things with Devlin, and he's out now. So I'm going to be interested to see. Here's the bottom line. How many points can the Bills score on Sunday? That is the game. The game is how much can the Bills score? Because you can't completely shut the Patriots down. I think that the Bill D – reasonably, if they have a really great game, can hold them to 17 to 24 points. If, yeah, they, I like if that. they have a great game. I like the high end of that window, 24 right. points. But can the Bill offense score 27? Do you think that uh, Frank Gore can pound the rock against that defense and get uh, 100 yards and maybe a touchdown? Because if that I mean, guy, they, if they, they haven't they haven't had a hundred yard rusher yet in the three. But games. But they need one. They need a control the clock and ball, and they cannot afford to punt every four plays. Well, that's the thing. Can Allen? They're a throwing team now. From what I've watched, the first three weeks, they like to use the run. They use it a lot, but it seems like throwing is their first game. Allen's got to move the chains. Allen has to keep the Bill offense on the field, which he's done through the first three games. He cannot make the silly mistakes like the one he made against the Bengals last week because the Patriots will burn you on those. I mean, you got burned by it on the Bengals last week. You almost lost the game. You do that stuff against the Patriots, you're really going to be in big trouble. The Bill offense is the game. Talk to me about this defense. Uh, They've allowed the fifth fewest yards in the league, 299 per game, and 15.7 points per game through three weeks, trailing only Dallas, Chicago, Green Bay, and the Patriots. So – 
this is both of these defenses are so good. Do you, is there any? Uh, explain to me how good that defense is. Why are they so good? And uh, do you believe that there's a chance? Even though we said 24, but uh, the bottom line is the number's 42 in the game. So I think it's going to be right around that with these two defenses. Are, do you think this could be you know 20 to 17? Do you think this I, I could think be? I think there's a. Ch- I think if the Bills win this game, it's 20 to 17, something in that area. If the Pats win, I think the Pats will do what they normally do, the Bills. They'll get their 27, 30, 33 points, and, and then you, the Bills I don't think could score that much against them. If this game is 20-17, to 17, I think the Bills win it. The Bills' D is good because they have they have a really good secondary that does not allow big plays. With Hyde and Poyer. Hyde and Poyer are great back there. Tredavious White at corner. They have a couple other guys who are really good, Levi Wallace. Their front line is really tough. They lost they Phillips, pressure. right? They lost Phillips. They had a nice four-man rotation working with that front line. The rookie, Ed Oliver, has been really good so far. Jerry Hughes gets a lot of pressure at the ends. Trent Murphy's been good. And uh, they got the Tremaine Edmonds, the linebacker, the young kid uh, in his second year. has been really He flies all over the field. So they have a good, young, fast defense. They change coverages all the time. Uh, and they confuse the other team. And they – hey, Tom Brady last two years against Sean McDermott's D. Three touchdowns, four interceptions. More picks than touchdowns the last two years against the Bills. Problem is, Bill offense hasn't scored against them. They kicked field goal after field goal after field goal last year in that Monday night game up in Orchard Park. But the Bills couldn't score. Let's talk about Bill Belichick's comments about Allen. He's a very good player. He has a lot of physical talent, but you can see he's catching up with the game in terms of control at the line, recognizing D's reading coverages, making uh, decisions crisply. I think that all of this certainly has improved over the last year, as it does with most players, especially ones at that position. But he's very talented and continues to get better. He's a very challenging player for us to defend this week. Allen has been the league's second most prolific quarterback this season, trailing only Lamar Jackson in carries and yards. Uh, three of the Bills' final five plays in their winning drive last week were Allen runs of six, uh, eight, and seven yards. He's been unbelievable both years running the rock and making those uh, decisions when to run like uh, Danny Dimes did the other day. Uh, the kid Jones for the Giants, he saw an open field like the parting of the season. He ran for the winning touchdown. Uh, Allen making those same kind of decisions, smart runs when it's the right time. Right. Last year, the problem was Allen would get the ball. The ball would get snapped to him. He'd look to his left. He'd look to his right. And he had guys running at him, and he had to run almost every single play. This year, he's being smarter about it. If he has a check down, if he has Cole Beasley there, he's throwing it out. If he sees that there's an opportunity, like you said on that final drive last week where he had the six-yard run, the eight-yard run, he's going to take it. And that's a great thing about having a dual-threat kind of quarterback, and he's adding the throwing part of it, whereas last year everybody said, all he does is run, all he does is run. This year he's better at throwing the rock, and it's showing. Tell me about Dawson Knox. He had a touchdown last week. He had a touchdown last week, rookie tight end. He also had the the play of the final drive where they were going in. I'm sure you saw the clip of this where he caught the ball. He completely stiff-armed the guy to the ground, and then he rammed through the next guy. 
uh, just a bruising tight end, uh, rookie out of Ole Miss, playing well for them. So tell me about uh, Mitch Morris and Cody Ford up front because they're new guys that have made a huge impact in that. And I believe, I actually believe Gork, who averaged five uh, and a half a pop last week, if he if he goes six yards a pop, which will be very difficult against that defense, but if he were to have that kind of a day and, and get around 100 yards and a touchdown, I think uh, the key would be Morris and, and Ford up front. Yeah, well, that's where the Bills spent all their money this offseason. They spent their money. They have four new offensive linemen that are starters. They only have one guy that was there last year. Dawkins, the left tackle. Other than that, four new four new faces. And Morris has been good, having a leader there at center. Bills are a different team with that line and the receivers now. So that defense, they're keying on Edelman, Gordon. Edelman destroys them every year. Well, it's just, he destroys everybody. When are they finally going to stop him and figure know, that out? That's the thing. They got to finally stop him. I mean, it really is unbelievable. Uh, Mafia, do you give the uh, Bills any shot at all to win that game uh, and even cover? I give them a shot. I definitely give them a shot to cover. To win is a little tougher. I mean, the New England owns them. They have beaten them so much, but they have a strong defense. They have a defense that shuts you down, that makes you work, and you know that's something that can slow down the Patriots' offense. If you slow them down and you make it, you know, a slugfest. That can favor the Bills. The Patriots are good at getting those little passes and opening things up, but if you start shutting down the screens and the things like that with the receivers that they have, that can make it a very close game that the Bills will have a chance at the end. But I'll pick the Patriots to win, but I think the Bills can cover. Yeah, I actually like uh, what Browns brought them and Beasley's brought them for Allen to have those guys to throw to. I think that Carver High, they were lacking that, uh, you know, and Benjamin and those guys didn't. Oh, didn't... they had stiffs last year. Right. They had, well, Benjamin was a complete hack. And then after him, they had a bunch of guys who shouldn't have even been in the NFL. So now that you have professional NFL receivers, it makes a difference on the field. They love us in Buffalo with the coverage that we give the Bills on this particular program, unlike any other show nationally that wouldn't talk about Buffalo if they paid them to do it. We talk about the Bills games uh, as though they matter, because they do. It's time for an update. Don't forget, we're going to L.A. later tonight after the show for the Spence Porter fight Saturday night on Fox Pay-Per-View. Call your cable operator and order the fight. We'll be broadcasting from downtown Los Angeles tomorrow night and Friday night. Carver High and I are going to Lipstick City. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to Pharrell on the Bench. All right, uh, don't forget to get all my college and pro football snags at PharrellOnTheBench.com for this week's games, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. All the games, all the picks are up. They're all ranked, and you get, if you're on PharrellOnTheBench.com, you get an email every day with all the picks, and uh, you can get all those football picks and baseball through the World Series, boxing, MMA, everything. Uh, NHL starts next week. It's craziness. Uh, PharrellOnTheBench.com. Everybody loves it. Listen to the show. The fans call in left and right. All I do is make people fat stacks. It's kick-ass. The price, uh, the picks, the choices. It's getting even better in October. We're changing it for the better. You're going to be blown away with the changes to it. PharrellOnTheBench.com. Sign up today. Hide the money from your wife. All right, 855-212-4227 to get on the bench. John in Oklahoma City. Hey, Scotty, can I get a beer and a shot? Shot of beer, but an iron, shot of beer, but an iron, shot of beer, puke. There you go. Hey, uh, my Cubs got eliminated from the playoff uh, contention today, officially. Uh, they've been out of it for a while, but uh, officially today. Uh, why is Theo Epstein getting a free pass on this whole deal? 
oh, Madden's out, this guy, this guy. He's been in charge for nine years. He has failed to develop and or trade for a closer. Um, he's traded for guys a la Kimbrell who have been disasters. Hendricks has been, you know, far from a superstar, but, but certainly a good, solid pitcher. Other than Hendricks, every pitcher on the staff is somebody they've had to bring in. In nine years, he has not been able to develop pitchers. Why, why is he well, getting a free pass? Well, I'm, one of the things I would say is, is that they won the World Series. I mean, my God, you waited 108 years, but you win it, now it's not good enough. You want to know why John Theo Epstein isn't going to get, you know, his hands, you know, on, on any of this, or he's never going to lose his job or things like that? Because he brought world championships to the two most cursed, starved franchises for 100 years in baseball. First the Red Sox, then the Cubs. Brought them both World Series titles. He is not getting fired from anything, okay? If he wants to do whatever he's doing with the Cubs for as long as he wants to do it, He's going to. If he leaves the Cubs, it's going to be under his own accord. Who do you blame? Uh, how about I blame guys like Bryant and guys on the field that didn't get it done? Let me also say that they mailed it in over the last month. They just absolutely, when they bent over and got swept by the Cardinals at Wrigley Field last weekend, that was the end of the season. Game over. And they proved it by going out and losing every game since. I mean, every single game. What if they lost nine in a row? They have been pathetic. The players have been pathetic. And I think Madden has mailed it in as well. He's finished there. I think uh, we've already talked about he could go to San Diego. But there is no way anyone's blaming Theo Epstein for everything except you. But that's okay because you have the right to, you know, after you didn't get a World Series for 100 years, you finally win one, and now you're miserable uh, a few years later. Wow. All right. There you go. You guys are really uh, tough there huh? in the Windy City. You know, can you imagine how long they sucked? I mean, think about it. <laughs> they never won for 108 years, ever. All they did was lose. They made the playoffs. They lost then, too, right? You finally win it all, and, and what does it do to you? I guess it makes you miserable. I, I don't know, but... I think for me, uh, do you believe Carver High that Kimbrell's terrible? Because I don't. I, just, I, I think that it they probably— They threw him in there into well, the that's, mix. That's the thing. I think what probably hurt him was that he didn't pitch, no spring training, didn't pitch, what, April, uh, April May, and June? Uh, and then he comes back, middle of the year. It's what hard do you, to do. Very hard to do. Very hard. So I don't blame him either. I think and the he guys... wasn't great at the end of that Red Sox World Series run last year either. Listen, I think the Dicey guys, for him, he, he's a good closer, but didn't they give him way too much money? Uh, he's overpaid, but that's everyone in baseball is overpaid for the product you get. But look, uh, that team's loaded with talent, and they just, you know, fizzled. I mean, absolutely, you know, fizzled out in September, and that's just all there is to it. People don't realize, in my opinion, that September counts, right? I mean... The Cubs acted like it doesn't matter that the season ends in August. You know, when you the last month, it counts. Every game, and you call up all these guys and everything else, right? But uh, they played like the, it was spring training. They played like every day doesn't even count. I mean, you can't even deny it, right? And that's why it's the end of the line, I think, for a lot of those guys and the players. They'll, they'll all be gotten rid of. And then your boy uh, Madden, I think, as well, is automatic. That's the end of the line for him. They're going to blame somebody, right, for this? 
They got to blame. Who are they going to blame? They're going to blame him. Because I, I agree with Carver. They're not firing Theo Epstein. I also, he's already said he's not going back to Boston. You know why? I think that guy accomplished so much in Boston, right? That in my view, he could never live up to it again. He could never do the same thing again. I don't think history would repeat itself with him there. I actually think that he did such an unbelievable job there that trying to live up to it again is almost impossible. And I think it would tarnish what he did there, right? His reputation was built on Boston, right? And then Chicago. If you go back and start over again, you know it's not going to be the same thing, right? It's not going to play out the same way. Just like that, uh, you know, girlfriend you had that you dated for five years and then you guys had a nasty breakup and then a year or two later you hook up again. It's never the same, is it? You know what I mean? Same thing with movies. They make these movies, then they come out with the next one, and the next one sucks, right? It is what it is. And they keep just keep making them. I mean, Rambo's on, what, like number 40 now? That one's coming out any day now, or it's already out. It's just, it never ends. These They'll do anything to uh, suck the money out of your pants. They'll just keep making bad movies, and you keep going to pay to see them. That's what's even funnier. Uh, Mike in South Carolina. Hey, Scott Farrell, how you doing, man? What's going on, Mike? Everything is good. Hey, Scott Farrell, um, big game Sunday night football, um, the Dallas Cowboys and the New Orleans Saints. I was going to ask you, can the Saints keep it close and maybe win at home? Why not? I mean, uh, it's so funny to me that everybody acts like the Saints are the Dolphins or something. You know what I mean? Or that they're the Jets. I mean, the Saints went to Seattle and kicked the Seahawks' ass. They're a good team. They have a lot of talent, and obviously Breeze isn't playing right now. Teddy's, I think, getting into the mix. I thought he looked a lot better last week in Seattle. And my guess is he's going to look even better in New Orleans on Sunday night. I think the Saints not only have a chance to win the game, uh, but uh, certainly uh, I think they're a decent bet uh, with the points. 855-212-4227. Anthony on the fan in Baltimore. Hey, Pharrell, how's it going, man? Hey, what's up, Anthony? Not much. I wanted to get your opinion on Lamar and the Ravens. I, I think they're fantastic. Uh, to me, they're a, a playoff team. I think they're dangerous. I think, you know, if you were to ask me right now, now based on, uh, I, I'm not doing any of this like seasons over stuff, but if you ask me, they'll be the team that I think is the winner of that division. When it's all said and done, they're loaded on both sides of the ball. I think that uh, if they were smart, they'd go get Jalen Ramsey and get, you know, like have another Ed Reed situation there. I don't think he'd ever play like Ed Reed in terms of being, uh, I thought Ed Reed was, you know, Hall of Famer badass, like just did his job. And, you know, Jalen Ramsey's an asshat, so, you know, he, he'll never be Ed Reed. You, you know, a leopard doesn't change its spots. I think that he's uh, a painful pl- guy, uh, uh, you know, off the field. He's just absolutely painful. But I think on the field, he's a great player. Uh, I don't know about all this stuff, oh, a team can change a guy. I don't really believe that. We've seen what happened with Brown and others that are big divas and, uh, you know, narcissists. He's another one, Ramsey. But I think he'd make that defense even better. I really do. I don't think it would hurt them to make a trade for once in their life. They always keep all their draft picks. I get it. But uh, it might be a smart move because their defense now is good enough. And you add him, it's then it's lock, stock, and barrel badass defense. Like, good luck scoring against them. Like, Chicago's D. Packers are playing that way now. I'm not 
certain yet that I'm buying in fully that they'll keep that, maintain that uh, type of defense and momentum defensively the rest of the way. I mean, that they're just every week going to shut everybody down. I'm not, I'm not buying that yet. I just think they've yet to run into any, you know, bumps in the road or speed bumps. I think that every team's going to run into those injuries and speed bumps. They haven't yet. They, everything's gone perfect for them so far. I have this weird feeling, like Carver, I said that tomorrow night Philly's going to beat them or something. I have a weird feeling that their their speed bumps are coming, and it could be very well tomorrow night. That it's just not going to be a walk in a park against that team. Although going into the game, the Packers are in way better shape physically and mentally, and on their you know dominating home field where they just play so well. I mean, this guy, Rogers, sees that field like Wayne Gretzky sees an ice rink, okay? This guy throws passes that are just so beautiful. It's not even funny. I think he knows the angles in that stadium like no other, and he knows where to throw it, how to throw it, the timing, everything. When that guy plays at home, he is so dangerous. He's dangerous everywhere, but at home, even more so, if you ask me. But um, the Ravens, to me, going back to them, I think their defense is already good. It would be better with Ramsey. I think their uh, their offense is very exciting uh, where everyone said he couldn't throw the ball and do this and that. This guy does whatever he wants. Now, I won't deny he had some bad throws in Kansas City, but they got back in the game. I mean, this guy is a gamer. And uh, to me, if you're in every single game every week, Literally, you have a shot to do really good things in the NFL. You know what I mean? To be one of the top six teams in the conference. If you're in every game every week, no matter what, like you, they, no one can shake you because your team's that solid. I've, I I kind of feel that way about the uh, Baltimore Ravens. Now, I'm not a Raven fan. I'm a Steeler fan. But I respect what they're doing. And I respect Carball. And I respect, you know, um, the what Lamar's doing and the the coaching staff. Listen, I think uh, John's better coach than his brother. Okay, and and his brother gets all the publicity, but the, I think the guy in Baltimore is the better coach uh, overall. I think the other one's just hyped like no other, and then they turn that whole khaki pants thing into making him some kind of coaching god. It's so ridiculous. But I think the real coach in the matter handling his business and players and winning and going to Super Bowls and everything else is John Harbaugh. Now, I won't deny uh, Jim went to one, but he's regressed since then horribly, right? And everyone's just giving this guy all these wonderful, uh, you know, reviews. Not anymore. In Ann Arbor right now, he's got problems. And uh, the only thing he's got going for me is that he's playing Rutgers this week. That always helps everybody. That's the elixir. You know what I mean? You, 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 everything's going bad for you. You're about to get fired. And then you face Rutgers, and you're like, oh, my God, thank God. It's like facing the Dolphins. You know, you're just like, you see this guy talking to us tonight about the Chargers. It's like they got a, it's like a walkthrough on Sunday. You know what I mean? Everyone's just stepping on their face and going out with their girlfriend. I mean, it's that simple. It's just, it, it seems so easy to play them. And, uh, but then again, I thought they were real close last week to covering against Dallas. I think Dallas completely uh, didn't respect them at all. You know, I saw all this stuff about uh, Dak Prescott talking about, you know, chicken fingers or something in the, in the huddle and, you know, spicy chicken's back and all this other nonsense. Uh, they just didn't respect them at all. And I don't think anybody does right now because they think they're just tanking and they're not trying. So everybody considers it a, uh, a joke game. So... We'll see if uh, the Chargers can handle them and, um, you know, but you face them. It's like it's like Michigan facing Rutgers, you know. It's just like, thank God, because, you know, what do they land, 27, 28 in that game, something like that. 
you know, uh, and they're playing him in a big house. So uh, I'm sure they'll get back to normal. But I won't respect him uh, this week because they beat Rutgers. Uh, the fact of the matter is, is that they bent over, got spanked, and called Charlie by Wisconsin. That was a really bad performance in Madtown. That's all there is to it. They got whacked. Uh, they got run all over by Taylor. He ran for, like, what, 200 yards or something? The bottom line is, um, I told you going into the game, Wisconsin's a better football program. No one wants to admit it, but it's true. And they and I said they're going to run that guy down uh, Michigan's throat. If they can't stop Taylor, they're going to lose the game. And they got whacked. So Michigan's got all kinds of problems. Listen, against Army, they should have lost that game, too. So don't be fooled. Remember when they celebrated after beating Army? They should have lost the game. They should have gone in and taken a shower real fast and quit acting like they accomplished something. They got lucky winning that game. And you can quote me on that in uh, Ann Arbor. Good evening, Ann Arbor. 855-212-4CBS. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 